0: Hi. Welcome to Chaos in the Attic. It's your host, Noor. Here I uncover all the chaos in our attics from emotional and physical well-being, talking all things spirituality and self-development. I have fun and enlightening conversations with inspiring people. Here we stay open to anything and everything. I am so excited to have you here with me now. So let's get chaotic. and welcome back or welcome to chaos in the attic i hope this episode finds you happy healthy well drawn of all the love wonders and magic that the world has to offer always and forever i will say that recording this intro feels very strange as this episode is all about death and this past week there has been a recent death in my family and this episode couldn't be more coincidental and it's just all I can do is hope that this episode will provide others with the resources that they need around death. Death is a really interesting topic because no one talks about it, and for whatever reason, it's deemed as tabooed. And trust me, I understand it because recording this episode, I felt really controversial. Like, should I put this episode out there? Should I not put this episode out there? But I know that the reason why I'm recording this episode is for that very reason is that this is a topic that needs to be talked about more because the one thing that we all know as humans for a fact that is for sure 100% is guaranteed to us all is death and we all try to believe that I guess if we don't talk about it if we choose to ignore it that it's somehow going to disappear And yet, that doesn't seem to be the case. So I really wanted to bring this topic, this subject to the forefront because the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the more we can feel at ease and at peace around death, which is a beautiful process of life. And just like birth is, just like the in-between parts are, it's all part of life and the circle of life. And I feel like the more that we can ease ourselves around it, the more that dying process can be a beautiful experience for us all. So in this episode, I am talking to Sonia Janelle Dresser, who is a yoga teacher, an artist, a mother and a death doula. And her role is to provide support for those who are dying and to their families. In this episode, we talk about how we can learn to accept death practices that can ease our anxieties around death and ways to support ourselves and others during the dying process. The only thing I will say about this episode is that we are talking about something that is deemed as a heavy topic so just make sure that you are here, that you are present, that you are in a peaceful state because we definitely i definitely don't want you to feel triggered at all by this episode and i just hope that this episode if at all anything provides you with that peace that clarity that you need around this topic so yeah i hope that you enjoy this episode and that you learn something from this episode and it makes you feel more at peace and at ease Well, I'm excited to finally have you on since I feel like we've been going...
1: Thank you. you.
0: Um, Why don't we start by, if you can introduce yourself and tell us exactly what you do.
1: Sure. So my name is Sonia Janelle Dresser. I am a lot of things. I, I primarily am a yoga teacher, actually, and I'm also an artist and I'm a mom. And I'm also a death doula. So in, in regards to the latter, the last thing, what that means is basically showing up as a person who provides support and resources and really does anything necessary to assist, help and support the dying person and or their family leading up to their death. And so that can look like a lot of different things, Um, but for the most part, it's really just being present with the person. It can be anything from helping them to create some sort of like uh, practices for processing what's going on to helping them with technical things like maybe planning like paperwork or just things they, they didn't get their affairs in order, like very boring technical stuff that there's a lot to tie up at the end of life. Or it can just be, you know, being present and like breathing together and being there when they're having a hard time or maybe they're not even conscious. So it's a certain level of, of being present with a person and also showing up for whoever their caregivers or their family are to help them navigate what is most likely a very um, difficult and confusing time because in our culture, we don't do a lot to prepare for death. We kind of are in denial about it until the last possible minute. And then when you get there and it's like, okay, actually this is happening. A lot of people keep acting like it's not really happening or things aren't really in order. and um it can be a really difficult much more difficult time than it needs to be for those reasons so there there are ways to um support people and make it as smooth and sort of sacred a time as possible so that so that there can be beauty to the process and there can be healing perhaps for the family um ideally <laughs> of course um so it's a I think that those of us who are involved in this work are interested in a cultural shift, which is a more holistic approach to life where we acknowledge birth, life, and death equally and aren't so focused on the middle, you know, the the time of life that, you know, you're young and you're working hard and you're building something. And it's like, what comes before and after that? so,
0: yeah, I think, I mean, I find being like the role of a death doula is the most is, is so beautiful. I mean, in a birth doula, it's that welcoming of death and viewing death in a more, like you said, in a more peaceful way in that you can enter it in a, in a space of healing in a space of bringing in the the good, I guess, that you can find in it. And I personally, I was, I've, beca- I've become like recently very fascinated by the role of a death doula because I personally find death to be very interesting and exciting and not in a way that sounds like I'm excited to die. But I feel like I do believe that there is so much more to life than we see. Like we don't know what happened before birth. Like we don't know exactly what's going to happen after death. And that is where I became really intrigued by the role of a death doula. And I'm interested in how you came into the work and what intrigued you about it
1: um that's a good question i feel like in some ways i've always been drawn to this work um and continue to be in a sort of like gradual way uh you know for the last 2 years during the pandemic a everything's been shut down and it's actually been very difficult to access dying people cuz everyone was sort of quarantined and it was actually very sad because that's when they need they were like they need you the most but instead we were isolating them in order to protect them from COVID but instead they just sort of end up dying without support so it was just there was like a lot of challenging stuff that has gone on over the last two years and I've had children so I've been very busy being a mom and giving birth <laughs> and things like that so Currently, a lot of my work is just um like if some I'll do like phone consultations or like people have questions for me and I just talk to people about what's going on with um it's like death education or guiding people who might be experiencing the the dying process of a loved one or something. But um, before that, I was doing a lot of hospice volunteer work, doing trainings on learning how to be with dying people and uh, just be in that space. And like, what is the process of dying in this culture? Like, what is hospice? What are hospitals? What is palliative care? So I started to get involved in all that, learning about funeral homes and alternative green burials because we just don't know, Like, unless you have a reason to look into it, most people don't know what goes on. And the reason I was drawn to that is is a little bit mysterious. Like I'm not sure, I didn't really have like a cataclysmic event or like a big existential question. I've just always been interested in working with dying people. And um, I've never been scared of death. Like I've always just, been like oh yeah like we're gonna die and that's fine (laughs) and also almost as like a relief like I always felt kind of like oh we're all gonna die like doesn't that make life so precious and like doesn't that make you like just want to be kinder to other people and um like nothing is ultimately that big a deal because we're all gonna die anyway so I always kind of had this feeling that death is important and that death isn't really scary. Like I just, I was just like, well, we're gonna die. And, and, you know, if you're gone you're probably not worried about dying anymore. So one way or another, like I just, it never scared me. It somehow just felt like a part of life. And then as I got older, I would say, um, I just felt like um, there was something that made me feel very alive. It was kind of like contemplating death and working closely with death Um, felt very inviting because it actually, it's a part of life. And there's an intimacy and a realness to it that makes life feel more full. And as I followed that, I realized that that is really the gift that, death has for us and that the dying have for us is they help us to live more fully because if you're trying to live in denial of the reality of death you're really like half alive like there's a part of you that is is, um very afraid and contracted and you're never fully present to the wholeness of the human experience so the more you can be accepting and present and like real with the fact that we live and we die the more you can the more you can live it's kind of like if you never cry and you're repressing all your emotions like you're probably not going to be very happy or laugh either you know you kind of need that full range of like the wholeness of of that experience so there wasn't any like one moment where i decided you know this is interesting to me it's just something I've always been interested in It's something that like comes and goes in my life um and I see myself doing in different ways um as I get older and as life goes on I I imagine myself continuing to work in this field in one form or another and I don't know exactly what that will be but it's a very it's like a call to service. Like I've just always felt like, oh, I feel called to this. I'm gonna say yes. And then we'll just see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean that's it's so it's there's so much to unpack there. I will say that firstly, um, in terms of like even the pandemic, like that's something that I didn't even think that people wouldn't be able to have that support, it's just really ridiculous to me. And it's it is really sad. Like I think the biggest fear that anyone has around dying is to die alone and to be in that isolation. So that just makes me feel really, really sad about all those people that didn't get to have that support. Um, And I do think that you're very unique, like it is a unique experience also for you to be someone who's not afraid of death because a lot of people are, and I I, I agree with you, like I do just see it as like, that's something that we're all gonna go through at some point, it doesn't have to be scary. and I think that the fear of death is what holds a lot of people back or makes people not really live in the moment, like you said. And in terms of that, I mean, do you, where, does, where does that death support start to happen? Do we support ourselves or guide ourselves and accept death best before the event even starts to happen? Like, what is the best way to approach it?
1: Yeah. The best way to approach it is, is to start now when you're young and healthy and you're not dying. And, and because the truth is it's, it's living in a, in a, in a, it's delusional to think that you're safe from death at any moment. Like you could die tomorrow. You could get hit by a bus. Anything could happen. We're all actually all here mysteriously day to day, moment to moment by some miracle and, people die all the time unexpectedly. So yeah, most likely you'll grow old and get sick and die at some point or something like that. But you could die any moment, anyone at any age could. So the truth is death is always with us. And to just be okay with that, um, I think is is really helpful practice. And so, People say, but like, isn't it morbid to, like, think about death all the time? Isn't it morbid to be around dying people all the time? And no, it's actually, it, it's not because you're not, like, fetishizing it. You're not, like, trying to be, like, a goth kid about it. Like, ooh, death is death is cool or, like, death and some weird like rock and roll way it's it's just very normal it's just it's just acknowledging the reality that death and life are always right next to each other and being present to that and sort of questioning your own discomfort with um that reality and so it's more like being present with yourself and your reaction to death Death itself is not a problem. It's all like our ideas and reactions to it. That's usually causing the suffering. So when you say earlier, you know, it's very unusual that you're not afraid of death. Most people are very afraid of death. Um, Well, I mean, if you put me like on the edge of a cliff and tell me jump, like I'm going to be I'm going to be scared. Like, I don't want to die. I don't want to jump to my death certainly I have like a normal healthy fear of trying not to die (laughs) like any other living creature but when people are afraid of death it's usually like a concept it's like a story and it's more to do with like the ego's fear of not existing and not being able to control things so it's more like you're afraid of the unknown and you're afraid of not being in control and you're afraid of not existing as you are because you're identified with your current form. And then you're starting to get more into like, maybe some spiritual and philosophical things, but that's really what it is. It's like, I I believe that I am this form and I'm afraid of this form going away. I have attachment and control around that. And the truth is that death confronts you and says you have no control like you just you're gonna die one day and that's very difficult if you are in that space so I think the best way to approach death is to release your own control and to release your own need to control and to know everything and to start to identify with a part of yourself that's bigger than your current form so whoever whatever whatever you are you can start to believe that you're something bigger than that. Like you're not just this thing that is this person, this name or this activity that you're doing. So a big part of confronting death is just becoming bigger and becoming um, more okay with mystery and the unknown and living that way is again, very beneficial. It helps you to live more fully that you're not closed off to different aspects of your life because you're too afraid of losing control or of losing yourself. So there's really much more to, like, the benefits and the personal and spiritual growth that come with contemplating death other than just, like, conquering your fear of death.
0: Yeah, I I think it is like that i well i wanted to ask you i mean what are people's biggest fears when it comes to death because like the things that come to the top of my mind is what we're fed well one definitely the the idea of control how you what you talked about but it's also to me like religion and how like we're feared into like hell and we're going to have the suffering of some sort and i feel like that may tie into it. So I wanted to know from you and your experience from listening to people and ex- and working with people who are in the death process what 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 are some of the biggest fears that people have?
1: You know, it's funny it's in my experience with the people I've worked with, it's not that's actually not it's not like that they're they're not um super afraid of death or what comes after death. I haven't had a lot of people be like, oh, I'm worried about going to hell or something like that. What people mostly are confronted with towards the end of their life is a lot of um, difficult feelings and things that they hadn't addressed or processed maybe before. So there's sometimes there's like resentment, Um, that they're dying because they feel like they don't want to die yet or something like that. And there's like anger or there's resentment and anger in certain people who they never resolved things with or, um, or there's just kind of like a sad, like it's just sadness or something. I, I don't have a lot of people sitting around being like, I'm terrified of, what will happen after I die? I, I haven't quite had that like exact conversation with anyone, really. What's interesting is a lot of people, when they get close to death, they get very, um, very close to death. People stop talking and they stop thinking. They kind of um, go more into a space of being, they sleep a lot. They eat less. They speak very simply about things, Um, but leading, you know, if you're early state, if you catch someone earlier, like they've been diagnosed, they still have a while to go, and they're just trying to get their affairs in order and come to terms with the fact that they're dying, which a lot of people don't do. They like fight the illness or fight whatever until the doctor's like, okay, you have like three days, you know, and really they should have been in hospice for six months and they should have been thinking about this a year ago when it first came up so it's very last minute and it's sort of just crazy and everyone's in denial and you don't even have time to like process what's happening before they die but a lot of people when they know they're dying and they're moving towards death they get very like present and they just want to talk about simple things like they just want to like talk about a story from their life or like listen to some music or it's very it's very strange like it's not that a lot of people have like a lot of fears they want to talk about they often they don't want to talk about it they don't want to sit around and talk about the fact that they're dying like they know they're dying they know you're here to be with them but that's not usually what they want to talk about um mostly they want to talk about things things they love or like share things that they're thinking about and it's very like they're very like simple and present a lot of the time and then other people are very angry people are just people like a lot of their stuff comes up and um it can be very challenging for some people but most of the time it's the fam it's some family members or caregivers who are having a much harder time accepting that this person is dying and there's a lot of like triangulation and weird dynamics that go on around the dying person who themselves is like kind of (laughs) quiet
0: yeah I think that a lot of like I guess the main that a lot of fears that stem from what's going to happen after death usually happens at a younger age but and then when you're when you're at that place and when you're at that point of death yeah that all goes out the door and you just come to place into where you currently are at and it's a lot of reflection, I guess, a, a time to reflect on your whole life. And it brings people yeah, into into themselves, into all the things that they have either done or haven't achieved in their lives or wanting to, their regrets and all of that. And I guess in terms of like, this is a, like a two-way question. Um, one being that how do you support and guide people through that process of those emotions, because they tend to be really heavy. And in what ways does a death doula also support the family? And is that support usually more towards the person who is dying? Or is it usually more towards the family members?
1: It all depends on the situation. And the, the best answer is that you just have to be flexible, and you have to like show up and really be sensitive to the situation and, and really be in a state of receptivity and listening and you don't show up like, okay, I'm going to like fix everyone like Mary Poppins or something. Like you show up very much like, okay, like what's going on here and you're listening and you're very receptive and you just, it helps to have, I think a practice. I think you have to have some kind of practice if you're doing this kind of work like meditation or something that really help that you know how to be grounded and present and not reactive. So you don't take anything personally and you're not trying to fix anyone. And you accept that like you might come into a situation where like someone is angry or things are completely crazy and it's, it, you, you're not going to be able to fix anything. So your job is really to enter the space, as a really grounded and receptive presence and use your intuition and and just be listening for what's needed to serve however needs to be served. So sometimes that's very basic stuff, like you just literally help take care of physical things or paperwork or educating people about their choices or
0: or. or
1: advocate on the on the dying patient and you can advocate for them if you have spoken to them about what they want or don't want. Sometimes family members try to push things on, like procedures and different things to keep them alive when they have expressed, and this is part of death doula work too, is like getting clear on like, what are your wishes? So you can advocate for them Like maybe maybe they don't want to be revived. Maybe they don't want to be force fed. Maybe they don't want to be taken back in. And they just, like a lot of people don't want to like let them die. It can be very scary when they stop eating, stop drinking, when their breathing gets shallow, everyone like wants to save them. And so you can be an advocate just like, and just tell it like, no, it's okay. They're safe. They're dying, but it's okay, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So sometimes just doing that. But other times um, it, 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 you can't do anything. And you just just but your your presence helps. If you um can be calm and just be there for people. It can be very helpful in a in a situation where things feel crazy or scary, depending on what the dynamics are. So there's a lot of different things you can do a lot of different things you can offer and every situation is kind of different.
0: I'm curious to hear about the difference in experience when someone is more accepting of their death and versus someone who is really angry about it and is resenting the fact that they're going to die. Have you noticed anything in terms of how the family responds or how the person ends up passing away on their in their final moments?
1: Um, most often, Interestingly, it from what I've seen is it's um it's usually the the family members that are the like angry or resentful or controlling, especially towards the end. The dying person just becomes like quieter and quieter. You know, like when you're really near the end, like you're just kind of in and out. You're usually heavy. There's a lot of medica- pain medication, and then they they usually go into like a sleep state where um. They're not really there anymore by the time they die. Um, but but leading leading up to that, I've seen um, I've seen a sh- I've seen people just sort of shift where they they start out being a, a bit like resentful, angry, or like resistant to what's happening, and then there's like a softening and an acceptance that happens. Whereas the living people around don't always soften and accept what's happening Um, and they fight it and it makes it a little bit difficult. Um, To which you just, you know, you just remind them what's happening. You try to support everyone, but you also can't control family dynamics and whatever else might be going on. So my priority is always the patient and advocating for what I know they wanted um, to whatever degree I can.
0: I I feel like a, a question that a lot of people do have around death is, is death painful? And obviously that's something that we don't necessarily have an idea of, but in terms of what you have seen and witnessed, what can you well, say? It about can it?
1: be. It can be. I mean, I'm not always, I'm almost never there in like the exact moment of death because we don't really know when it's coming. But in most cases, if a person is on hospice and they know they're dying and you know, that's the type of person I'm visiting, they're on payments. So by the by the time, it's like they just, they grow like more sleepy and more weak and by the time that they actually take their last breath. They're usually like barely there. Um, it, I think it can seem scary and painful because the, the final stages of death are, you know, your body's shutting down. That's what's happening. So there's like your organs shut, shutting down, your main systems start shutting down, your breathing starts and stops, starts and stops. And, and the person really looks like, like death. <laughs> so, I think it's maybe scarier from the outside and I think death can be painful. You know, there's a lot of different ways to die, but I don't, I don't think that actually dying hurts. I think dying feels like a, like a relief. I think it's like a sigh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even though
1: disease is painful, right? Like leading, like your like things like your body shutting down or suffering like that's painful a lot of that is mitigated in, in the modern world with pain meds so you kind of sleep through that last part a lot of the time so i would say like being sick and fighting the illness for a lot of these people like cancer or whatever they're going through is probably like more painful part more so than than dying
0: yeah, that's I, I that's what I agree with. It that I feel like it's kind of a sigh of relief, and it kind of is shown also like through the body because I know that when you take that final last breath, it's like almost like that because as sigh in a sense. So in that way, it does make sense. Um, I'm curious to know um, what the difference is, obviously between a birth and a death. Do. like one is bringing in life into the world, and one is bringing death is helping someone be sent away. Um, so do you have to have, be able to do both practices in order to become a, a death doula or is it just? Oh like- no,
1: not at all. It's like the, it's like the term doctor. It could be a doc, like a doctor of anything, you know, it's just doula it, doula. is it comes from the ancient Greek word of a woman who serves or a woman who supports. And doula and midwife are often used interchangeably um in the world of birth a midwife is usually someone who has had a certain amount of schooling and training and is certified and and trained in a certain way to deliver babies outside of hospitals and they have quite a bit of gear and medical stuff they they do all the birth stuff like they're like a birth practitioner and they're like licensed as a midwife. A doula is more just a support person, so they're not usually the one like catching the baby. They're they're just there as a support to the woman and the family. Um, that's the difference between midwife and doula in the world of birth. And I think in in the in the world of death care, um, death midwifery is sort of a new concept like it's it's been since ancient times of course that people have tended to the dying and it's usually women it's like women's work birth and death are women's work usually you know men go to war and they die in the hunt and in the battle a lot but in terms of like babies and old like people entering and leaving the world women tend to that space for like hundreds of thousands of years So it's very natural you don't need to like necessarily be licensed it can be helpful to get trained because you're navigating a modern world you're navigating medical industry hospice funeral stuff legal stuff family dynamics there's a lot that you should should know about the landscape you're navigating but in terms of supporting a dying person, I think it's actually very intuitive, especially for women, though I do think a lot of men can do it too. Um, and it's it's just a term meaning like support, like I'm here of service, I'm here to support you in any number of ways. And so I think midwife and doula are used interchangeably when we're talking about death.
0: Hi. I do agree with you in terms of it. it do, I feel like it does come definitely more naturally to women just because we are more intuitive and that's, and also we are more empathetic. That's just, it's natural for us. So it definitely does fit best in, in that sense. But I also. Well, women
1: are strong. Yes. Women are strong. We give birth. Okay. Like we literally are the gateway through which life comes and it's an incredibly intense and painful thing that we're designed to do and I think in some ways women are have a higher pain tolerance but they're also uh, maybe just a little bit more linked to the other world like a little bit more like at that gateway of birth and death entering and leaving life um you know that's what witches are right it's just what is magic what is intuition what is all that you know it's just like a it's just an aspect of life. And I think women are just closer to that because that's what our role, our body and our self We bring life in and we see life out and we tend to that space. That's just like easier to do, I think. But like I said, it's, it's generally speaking, of course, there are men who work well in these realms and are quite magical people, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, I, I want to ask you, I know that you have recently just given birth and has that impacted or affected the way that you view death now in any way?
1: Yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. I'm actually pregnant again. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm having another baby very soon and I have a 21 month old toddler, so um yes, it's very birth is a very intense process and you kind of feel like you're dying. You're like, I'm sure sh- you're just like, I'm gonna die. Like this is this is so intense. So there's like a a huge shift that happens um during birth that and it's like v you're very present. You're just like there's nowhere else to go when you're giving birth, like you're here in this very intense process. And I think it's just the other side of the door, right? Like you come into this world and you leave this world and birth and death are are always right next to each other. So it definitely, it definitely like changes you to become a mother. And I honestly, like, I'm still trying to understand the ways in which it has changed me. Um, I don't know that it's been long enough even though it's been two years my my daughter's almost two years old that I can reflect and say oh yeah like this is this is this is this it's just you you're changed forever and you're kind of like bigger than yourself when you have a child because something else is outside of you is now like more important than you and I think um death requires a similar kind of like being bigger than your small self and being more loving and more compassionate than your like ego self so there is a a certain pulse i think to birth and death that require us to be like more like grandmothers or something to all of humanity like to to just hold that reality for, for yourself and for others of like just the just that's the part of human life, yeah. So the birth portal is very intense. It's a very big initiation, and it changes you for sure. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was also going to say that, I mean, a lot a lot of women experience a personal death when they do give birth, and that's just like a death of their past self, of their past life, however one Yeah. One, so in a sense that exactly I, yeah i feel like women go, do go through that birth and death process in their lifetime whether depending on how they want to view it and it, it's just like a a really cool yeah. thing to experience
1: yeah and you can do that in a lot of small ways and that's something i i recommend is um reflecting every day on dying and because we die all the time. Like we're changing all the time. Like you're not who you were yesterday. You're not who you were 10 years ago. So allowing yourself to change and letting old versions of you die is good practice for death. Um, So your willingness to like constantly let go um, is, is a form of death meditation as well.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you like, what are the best ways for anyone listening right now to just get themselves not, not to, again, not to be morbid or anything, but to get themselves prepared or to be more accepting of death. And also why is death in general, why is it such a taboo topic? Because I will say like, even having this episode out there, there is part of me that fears um, the controversy around it of how people view death as, such a negative. So I wanted to know your thoughts on that.
1: I think it's crazy that people think that way. I mean, I just can't. I can't possibly think that way. That's like saying, you know, that the sun is a controversial topic. <laughs> it's like there's a sun in the sky. It might give you a sunburn so we can't talk about it. It's like, what? It's just it's it's as real as the sun in the sky. So and and it's shining on all of us every day. So why wouldn't we talk about it so i think more and it's like i said earlier death is not usually the problem it's all of our reactions and ideas and fears around death that's the problem so one of the best ways to prepare yourself for it and to contemplate it is just to sit and be present and like think about dying and and immediately you'll or think or sometimes thinking of yourself dying isn't even that triggering, but think about someone you love dying, right? Like the idea of like really separation in this world of, of like what used to be you or what used to be somebody else, that changing form, that being gone, death, what does that bring up and and actually being more present with your reaction. And, and trying to get to the bottom of what you're feeling, and allowing yourself to feel, because really, people aren't afraid of death; they're afraid of their feelings around death. You know, sometimes you try to talk about it with someone, they're like, "I, I, I can't even talk." To kind of go at their own pace, but if you want to um, begin to explore these things within yourself, th- that's really what it is. It's a conversation with yourself about what's at the bottom of all that because once you get to the bottom of it like death actually is just very simple and very it's like a very calm thing like when when i when i'm present with death it's actually i actually feel a lot of love it's like this calm loving embrace that's just sort of like it's okay like it's okay like you can just let go now like you can just come home like you can, put on, you can just put all that down. Like, death is actually, like, it's a big relief. Like, it feels like a hug. It just feels, like, safe and calm. Like, it's death is not scary when I get to the bottom of things. It's really the resistance, the fear, the ideas, our fear of our own feelings, our fear of losing control, our attachment to others or ourselves that's what death is mirroring that's why everyone's afraid of death death is holding a mirror to you and saying look at yourself look at where you're rigid look at where you're afraid look at where you're being small and you're like no 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 no, no. that's scary but if you can it's you're not going to die you're just going to live more fully and that's ultimately like the biggest lesson that death has given me and that I try to share with people is like death, thinking about death, isn't going to kill you. It's actually going to free you. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Um,
1: people are afraid if they are afraid if they talk about death, it's going to like cause it to happen. But of course, that's, that's not how it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think that is really, really true because I always hear people always say like, don't, don't talk about it. Don't bring it on yourself. It's, it's just, well, are you bringing on every single thing that you talk about to yourself? No, some things are just, it's just what you talk about is a part of life. Um, yeah. But if anyone is listening to this right now that is either witnessing someone who is passing away or someone who, or if they are in that current state, how can one support someone else the best and how can one support themselves the best right now if they are in this
1: state? Uh it de- well it depends on the relationship. If you're this person's caregiver, like if you're the one who's like with them and caregiving for them actively you're close to them while they're dying, then it's important to take care of yourself. The caregivers really give a lot. And also to make sure you're very clear on what this person's wishes are and not project your own beliefs, ideas, and wishes onto that person. So if you really want to serve the person who's dying, um, you have to be sure that you're okay with letting them go, that you're taking care of yourself, and that you're very clear about what their wishes are before it gets to the point where they can't talk because they're so close to death, they can't speak for themselves. So a lot of the things that we do when I I work with people as a death doula is just make sure we're clear. Like what, like, do you have a will? Like, do you, most people, like, do you even have a will? Like what's going to happen with all your stuff. Right. Um, uh, But more usually people have a will or their estate settled, but they don't always have um, like the medical forms. Like, do you want to be resuscitated? Do you, want, like, if if it gets to this point, do you want a tube put in, like, there's all these questions as you get closer to death, because the medical world has so many things they can do, like, to keep you alive. And if you don't actively say, no, I don't want that, or I do want that, then your friends or your loved ones who are around you have to make that decision for you. And that's very, very stressful for them. So as you're approaching end of life, it's good to, like, have all that written in like an advocacy form, which can be done. And um, then that's there so that nobody has to wonder. So that's just some technical stuff that you can do that makes the whole process better for everyone. And um, if you just have a friend who's dying, I think you just go spend time with them and be really present with them and be really honest with them, be really loving with them because that's all we really ever need And are looking for is just someone to be like present and kind and loving and not pushing and pulling at them. Because that can happen a lot towards the end of life, too. Is like there's a lot of control issues and a lot of like fixing and a lot of like denial of this and trying to make it that. And I think that really all a dying person wants is someone to just like be there, just be there, like really be there with them. And that's one of the best things you can do is get clear with yourself. So you can, when you're with them, you're you're okay. You're you can just be there. You're not like freaking out because you yourself have all these problems with what's going on. So,
0: yeah, I think that's, that's of the to just yeah to just be of support in any in that way and to be present with the person because. No one, again, no one really wants to be alone in that process. So just having that support is really important. Um, I want to, I'm curious to know from you, how has being a yoga instructor and, uh, and also an artist, how has that work helped you engage with being a death doula?
1: I think um, it all helps and just any kind of practice that helps you to be more whole and present and have like a spiritual practice of some kind um, get out of like your, the front of your brain, get out of your ego and, and more into just like being in your body, being in an intuitive space, being present. As I keep saying, cause that's, that's, that's really, that's really the most important part of this work is um, your ability to be present. And if you're always thinking and you're kind of not feeling, then you're gonna be kind of off the mark. Like I, you'll just be creating more mess probably. <laughs> so any kind of practice, yoga, meditation, are things that bring you home to yourself, make you more intuitive give you a sense of like whatever spiritual means to you, something bigger than yourself um, to help you be more at ease and calm and present with others. I think it all kind of works together nicely.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to bring this all to a more, I guess like a way that people can feel really good about viewing death. Um, So what is, I guess, the the beauty of the process?
1: Oh, I think it was what I was saying earlier is when you get to the bo- bottom of it all, death is not a problem. It's really our own, oh, it's death is a great mirror that brings up all of our unprocessed issues. So that's really what people are afraid of. It's the fear of loss, fear of attachment, fear of not being enough, fear of pain, fear of Whatever, but death itself is love. And it's a fierce love, very confrontational love. It's like a tough love, maybe, but but it it's there's it's like I was saying earlier, it's an invitation into a deeper, more whole state of being. So you're not contracted and fragmented all the time because you you're too scared to look at this you don't like this part of yourself you're always in your head there's a lot of fears and it affects all your relationships like your life will feel like it lives in a tiny little narrow lane Well, death comes and kind of blows that all out of the water and it might be scary but I think it's worth it and it's inevitable you might as well jump in and and then your life becomes like the ocean it's just much bigger much fuller and so there's a lot of beauty and a lot of love and a lot of like depth and intimacy available through being present with dying people because they they can teach us that the reality of dying can teach us that
0: yeah i think that was so beautifully put and i feel like that's going to help a lot hopefully everything said here is going to help a lot of people be more accepting and see the beauty in it. Um, A question I always ask all my guests is how do you ease the chaos in your attic? And how do you, what would you suggest for others to do the same?
1: Um, Well, I think, I think breath is sort of like meditation. 101 being calm and present. 101 is like, we have this amazing tool that's built right into our bodies, which is our breath. And the chaos is usually in the past or in the future. It's in, that, in the concepts and like sort of stories that we hold. Um, but the present moment is always just that. It's just here and it's simple and it's actually the only reality that actually exists. And our breath is always here. We can't breathe in the past or in the future So when you just take a breath, it calms the nervous system physiologically, but also it brings you to presence. So the breath is like the key and the anchor to just sort of like coming back to yourself. So if you can have like a simple breathing practice where you just learn to breathe slowly and just let everything else go and just be with your breath, that alone can be like the number one tool for that.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, I wanted to ask you: Do you have time for a quick rapid fire question round?
1: No, I just hear heard my baby waking up from her nap. Okay. So she's just so she's just getting up. So I I can, but how how long is
0: this rapid fire round? It's really quick. <laughs> it's like three minutes, two minutes even. Uh, okay. Let's try. Um, do you know your sun, moon, and rising sign?
1: Oh, Gemini, sun, Aquarius, moon, Libra rising. Okay.
0: Um, a book recommendation?
1: Dandelions blooming in the cracks of sidewalks, stories from the bedside of the dying.
0: Perfect. Um A saying <laughs> to live by.
1: <laughs> what?
0: A saying to live by.
1: A saying to live by. Oh, well, now I'm going blank. Uh it's not what you do, it's how you do it. I love that.
0: One thing currently lighting you up. My babies. Mountain or sea. Ah, mountain by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A language you wish you spoke. French. Um, a favorite element, whether that's earth, fire, water, wind. Earth. Uh, current favorite food? Ethiopian. Do you have a spirit animal? A fox. Um, Do you know your love language? Uh,
1: Verbal expression of appreciation and support.
0: One habit you swear by?
1: Oh my goodness. Drink lots of water.
0: (laughs) um what is making you love yourself the most today um
1: being a mother and just being compassionate towards all mothers and learning to be more patient
0: um this is the last question I ask is one thing you would remove from this world and one thing you would add in um
1: I would I one thing I would remove from this world is um, self, self-doubt self and self-hate people who really for whatever reason from childhood or whatever never learned to love themselves I think that a lot of evil and terrible acts come from a place of a person not knowing how to love and accept themselves and one thing I would add to this world is to make sure that every person feels safe and loved as a child so that they can grow up to be who they were meant to be.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Do you have any last messages you want to share?
1: I would just say, don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid of yourself. Don't be afraid of life. Um, Just take a deep breath, be present, and embrace the wholeness of your human experience. I think it is worth it in the end.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, where can anyone, if they want to find you and connect with you, where's the best way they can do that?
1: You can go to um I have my website, which is the, the d com. but you can also go to sonyayoga.com for my web my yoga stuff and everything else I do. And you can also find me on social media at sonyayoga Yoga and at the dot death doula. Like on Instagram.
0: Perfect. Sonia Janelle
1: Dresser is my name. You can look look up Sonia Janelle Dresser too.
0: Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And I would absolutely love it if you could rate this podcast, leave a review, subscribe and follow it because it would mean the world to me and help support this podcast in more ways than you can know and also help me get more exciting and enlightening guests on. So thank you to your precious ears for listening and bye!